Waterfront Parks Casino. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. It is uh, 94 WIPs. Uh, we broadcast now two days away from the Eagles-Giants game, which, of course, you can hear on the station. Uh, by the way, speaking of hearing, you can be able to hear Ray Dittinger every Thursday through the playoffs with us. Ray will join us in just a moment. James, first, though, I know you've got a... A correction uh, to make. Yes. Correction to make. Yeah. Go ahead, James. So Howard that? said in his interview that Avante Maddox was practicing. He called back after. He made a mistake. He was not practicing today. He got the number wrong. He said Avante Maddox was working out on the side but was not at practice today. Okay. Well, that is a – name the movie, well, John. that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Name the movie. And if you can't get it, I bet you Ray can. That is a horse of a different color. I don't know. Ray, right, let's welcome the Diddy. Ray's got to know this. Ray Dittinger, sir. How are you, pal? Hello, Joe. How are you? Uh, Ray, I'm great. We got an Eagles game. Got the Phillies in spring training in a month. Mm-hmm. We got the Sixers looking good. But first, Ray, the important things. What all-time movie had the phrase, that's a horse of a different color in it? I have no idea. Wow, I thought you'd get it. No, I, I, I only remember the, the, the famous Joe Q. Herrick quote, but that, that's a horse of a different fire department. Oh, okay. Well, that one I remember, but movies, no, I can't help so it. So he probably said it as an offspring of this famous quote from The Wizard of Oz. They're in, they're in Oz. Ah. You know, a horse of a different color. All right, Ray, ah. Ray, Ray let's get to it here because um, obviously Eagles Johnson on the table. We'll, we'll detail that a lot here, but let's just start with this. The Eagles are currently an underdog comparative to San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. What is your reaction to that? I think it's fair. Do I think it's you? fair. Yeah. I mean, if, wow. you, if, if you look at the two teams right now, uh, I mean, there's a great unknown about, you know, who's going to come out on the field Saturday. You know, I mean, you had the Eagles of pre-Chicago before the Jalen Hurts injury and before Lane Johnson's injury. And we knew what they were then. They, they were the best team in the league. They were the best team in the NFC. They were the best team in the AFC. They were the best team across the board. They were, and there was very little argument about that. But we don't know right now what they're going to be on Saturday night. I mean, the fans here are hoping, uh, but I don't know what they're really believing. Now, Saturday night, if Jalen Hurts comes out and he's the Jalen Hurts of the early part of the season and this offense is back clicking the way it was, then, okay, then that's different. But until then... Until then, um, you kind of got to – you kind of got to – at least I do. Uh, you kind of got to lean towards San Francisco. Uh, I mean, Ray, the, the, way they're, the way they're playing right now, I, I, I tell you, I would not want to be – everybody talks about D'Amico Ryan's defense, and it's been really good, and it's, it very well could wind, wind up giving him – getting him a head coaching job next year. And probably should. Yeah. Probably should. But when I look at that team, I think their offense is scary. I, re- I really do. I, w- I would hate to be a defensive coordinator – trying to stop those guys because they are they are a handful on offense. With a rookie quarterback and all, you've got Kyle Shanahan pushing the buttons on that offense, and you've got playmakers like McCaffrey, and Samuel, and Kittle, and Ayuk. And, uh, I mean, that is, that's, that's tough. That is really tough. I'll be curious if, if it comes out of this weekend kind of the way I think it's going to. I, I've said all along I thought it was going to be Eagle San Francisco in the championship game, and I still believe that. But I'll be real curious to see where the odds come down. I think the Eagles will probably be favored, but it's going to be real close. So, Ray, what, what do you expect from Jalen? I expect that with the playoff adrenaline, with five weeks to recover from his injury, they go back to not skipping a beat with Jalen out there doing his thing, optioning off of everything. What do you expect? It sounds like you're a lot more uh, pessimistic than I am. Uh, I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I'm just a little skeptical. 
uh, because I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, you and I sat next to each other here in the studio yesterday, and I was a, I was a little bit surprised uh, at how optimistic you were, uh, <laughs> because I, I I have my doubts. Oh, well, Ray, let me let me wow. address let me address this. So this is not good. He, here's a, a a simple way to look at it, and maybe it's too simple, but I'll present it. The Eagles didn't look as good on offense in two games. Jalen Hurts did not play. And right. Well, that, one, I get that. And right. And the one game he did play. They intentionally did not put forth a normal strategy because they felt so certain they would beat Giants backups. So it's very understandable that they haven't looked as good. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think it's that their issues – I mean, of course, we know Lane is – you know, that's an issue. But do you think their issues run deeper than that? No. I mean, I just need to see what Jalen Hurts is. You know, I mean, we're all just sitting here assuming that he's going to come rolling out the tunnel on Saturday and he's going to be the Jalen Hurts of October and – the Jalen Hurts yeah. of the first week of December when he ran the Giants silly up at the Meadowlands. And well, that's fine. I mean, you can believe that if you want to. Uh, but I, I need to see it. I need to see it. Now, I think that, look, he's going to – they're going to do everything they can to get him out on the field and as close to 100% as they possibly can. That's and that's what they, a lot. They can do a lot. Oh, I know they can do it. help with that. I know, they, I know they can do a lot. And, it's been, and they've been doing it now for weeks yeah. uh, to, get him, to get him to that point. Uh, and I am sure – I am sure that when in that very first possession, um, that they're gonna they're gonna run him. You know, probably you know they're gonna run him a lot. They're gonna put him in that offense, and they're gonna they're gonna run the, the zone read, and he's gonna carry the ball, and he may be gonna get a couple first downs, and everybody's gonna get excited. But they want to send that message to Wink Martindale, yes. the Giants defensive coordinator. So okay, this is what we got. This is what we got. Now you now you adjust to this. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. Uh, I just you know. If, if, if Jalen Hurts can really get it back to what he was before, then the Eagles, to me, become the favorite to win the whole thing. Wow. But I need to see yeah. Saturday night how much of that Jalen Hurts still is out there. Well, how much, does, how much does Jalen running it and scrambling for first downs, how much does that change what Wink does? A lot. A, a, a lot. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, if you saw when, he, when they went into that final game of the regular season, for whatever it meant, um, he saw very early what the Eagles' strategy was. Right. And, it was and it was kind of what Joe just articulated. It was for the Eagles to play well enough uh, to beat the giant JVs um, with Hertz just trying to get through it and protect himself and not take any big shots. Martindale saw that right away. Uh, when the Eagles came out and they were throwing the ball, he said, okay, well, he ain't running it. And if he is running it, he ain't running it the other way. So he started rushing, and he started blitzing. Uh, and I was amazed, to be honest with you. Now, I, a, lot of this, a lot of this you can trace back to the fact that you didn't have Lane Johnson at right tackle. Mm-hmm. But I was amazed at how many free runners he had at Hertz in that game. Right. I was really surprised. You just don't. I was worried. That's one of the things you don't see all year. One of the things, and you go back and you look at the tape, I mean, you could probably count on one hand the free runners that the teams had at Hertz through about the first 10 games. Because the offensive line was that good. And also, defensive coordinators had to respect the fact that the Eagles might run this, read, uh, this zone read kind of stuff, and he's going to run right through our zone. He's going to run right through our blitz and get big plays. So um, when Martindale saw what, the, what, what was happening in that final game, then all of a sudden he went back to his playbook, which is bringing pressure, and they were able to get a lot of pressure in that game. The Diddy, Ray Diddinger with us this whole hour here. Let's go to the phones. You can react to any of this. Let's go to Dwayne and Pensalkin. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, guys. Hi, Dwayne. 
Listen. Sorry about that. I wanted to. Okay, let's get it started. New York, Philly. <laughs> oh, yep. my God. Yep, I yep. got so many things to say, but we're going to start with that. I would like to say something about Howard Eskins, but let me stay on point. Um, yes, I am not on pins and needles. I'm sitting on a family of porcupines. This thing is going to be, if you just look ahead, we don't want to put the horse, the cart before the horse. But all the things everybody's saying, Cowboys, once again, I didn't think my Cowboys were going to be Tampa Bay. Kudos. Don't think they're going to get past San Francisco. Once again, can they, surely? The Giants. (laughs) Y'all got the best team, hands down. That ain't the point. That is not the point. All right, so what's the point? It's the third game theory. The, the, that nah, that, that's, that's nothing. It's third overrated. game thing's been debunked. Dwayne, it's, to, okay, it's total yes, nonsense. They, it's total okay, nonsense. Okay, 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 okay. But, once again, if you ask me my question, here's my scenario. Cowboys lose, y'all win. There you go. That's, if you ask me, point blank. That's, 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 that's what I think is going to happen also, Dwayne. Dwayne, mm-hmm. give me a great answer, man. Who or what you blast people? You have a people? chance. Who blasts people, Dwayne? Give me a good answer. Stop using them against one another, man. God bless each other, man. I ain't going to say the answer. Stop using them. All right, stop using them. He, he doesn't want to hear about people blasting people. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you mm. what he can hear about. He can hear about the Twitter poll question of the day as we try to assess which team will reach the Super Bowl from the AFC. Four squads left, of course. We put them in alphabetical order. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Jags. Now, let's go around the room, get ourselves on the record before we find out how the, everyone voted here today. Ray, we'll start with you. Obviously, it's not the Jags. Bengals, Bills, or Chiefs, who's going to reach the Super Bowl, Ray? I would say the Chiefs. Seltzer? I'm with Ray. Chiefs. Richie? I was positive it would be the Bills, and then I saw the way that they played, almost distractedly at times, and Josh Allen making mistakes. Uh, It has moved me to where I think the Chiefs will be the team. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs, too. Bills probably have a better defense, but Chiefs – and I mean, this is no disrespect to McDermott, but Chiefs have a better coach. Chiefs have a better quarterback. And Josh Allen's really good, but Patrick Mahomes is better. All right, John, what percentage of people, because the Chiefs did win this poll, yeah. what percentage say the Chiefs? 65%. 60% go Chiefs, 24% go Bills, 11% say Bengals. And we now have certifiable proof. Ray, mm-hmm. with the 5% of people that said the Jags, we now know five, James, just for all future polls. Five percent is the number of people that just like to be knuckleheads with their answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You know, it's I, I do think, and I do think that's how it's going to come down. I do think it's going to be Kansas City, Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, uh, to me, that's going to be a fascinating game. Uh, and the thing about that game, what's going to decide that game, at least in my view, what's going to decide that game, isn't the big plays on offense because you know that both both teams, the way they're built with the quarterbacks they've got, they're both going to make big plays on offense. What's really going to win that game, it's going to be who, who avoids making the big mistake. You know, because I think both teams yeah. are going to move it up and down the field. I don't think either defense is going to stop the other offense. But some of those offenses, either of those offenses could stop themselves by just, by just being very loose with the football. Do you realize that between those two teams this year, I was stunned. I knew that they, were, I knew that they had turned the ball over. But I didn't, I didn't really look it up until this week. Do you realize between them, 
The Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs and the Bills turned the ball over 50 times wow. this year. Wow. Between the two teams. And I think, you know, I mean, they're explosive and the quarterbacks are great and they've got real playmakers. We all know that. But they have been very careless with the ball. And I think that's what this game's going to come down to. Not the big plays you make, but the big mistakes that you don't. All right, let's get you know, the, ahead, the one thing. The one you, every every week, I expect something crazy to happen in the playoffs. And the one thing that gets in the way of me saying the Chiefs with certain, more certainty, is that the Bills, if they are off their game, and they can't. You, this Bengals team, like everyone, just sort of dismisses them. Oh no, they. The, if the yeah. Bengals are able to beat the Bills, that matchup, Bengals Chiefs. It does this this NFL. It is all about the matchups, and it feels like the Bengals have that one pretty figured out. Like they feel more comfortable against the Chiefs than other teams do. Well, they won it last year. Sure, three and zero, I think, Burrow against them. Yeah, yeah and this year they and, have the Chiefs and, number a little bit. There's, yeah, that's true. Right. So so that is the one thing that could that could alter that that outcome. Joe Burrow versus Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's go to Self right now. What's up, Self? What's going on, man? How y'all fellas doing? Super, Self. Good, good, good. I, 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 I'm not a Gannon fan at all, and I'm gonna why? tell you why. Yeah. One, he plays this elementary, high school, collegiate level defense, right? Where I said it on Angelo's show when the Redskins played. All you have to do is slant and slot that defense to death. You get five yards there, five yards here. You move the ball down the field. You chew up clock. That's how the Eagles get into these games. That's, that's why the, the 49ers are heavily favored against them or over top of them because they're not convincing in their wins since the beginning of the season. They haven't been consistent. And some of those games you can arguably say they could have lost, right? Secondly, we give, it, we give this dude all his credit for these 70 sacks. He's not out there doing the swim move. He's not out there bull rushing. That is instinctive an experienced defensive play that does that. See, we down the players when they don't do well, but we give Gannon all the credit well, when I'll, they do, yourself, do well. I'll tell you this. Listen, you, there's some truth to what you said, but I, I'm not going to go all truth on that, and I'll tell you why. Take a guy like Josh Sweat. I thought last year he was pretty pedestrian. I mean, average. He became a pretty damn good player this year. Now, Josh Sweat deserves the most credit for that, but, I mean, come on, the coaching staff's got to get some credit. I mean, he, he, he became a more developed pass rusher. Now, do is that more the D-line coach? Probably, but Gannon oversees that. Do I mean, the I, I don't, you know, get that I mean, look at, look at T.J. Edwards' improvement in the last two years. Look at his improvement. Look do at the, Marcus Epps' improvement as a football player. There are some guys that are being well-coached. You've got to give but, coaches but, but, credit for some of that. But listen, listen to what I'm saying. Do the coach get that credit? Or do that, or do that GM, which I'm not a fan of, of Howie either. But does he get that credit? Because if you have to worry about uh, 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 Brandon Graham, or you have to worry about uh, uh, Reddick, or you have to worry about Cox, or you have to worry about all these other players, then yes, that makes room for other players to get theirs. So that's that's nothing to do with Gannon. Yeah, that has I don't, I don't like the way you're looking at itself. It has everything to do with. Look at it this way. Would Chicago Bulls be in the situation that they were in if they had no Scottie Pippen? Once you put Pippen on that court, it was no longer Jordan you had to just worry about. You know what I'm saying? You had uh, to worry I about do, Pippen. But, all right, Self, give me a good answer, man. Who are what blast people? Man, I got to give it to my man, Angelo. Angelo Catavi. <laughs> Angelo does. He does. Hey, Ray, we were talking earlier about your answer last week to us where you think 
people have been unfair again, and, and we agree with you. you. You pivoted during that answer to a certain concern about the postseason again, and I did the disgraceful, disgraceful mistake of cutting you off in the midst of that. We got veered off of it. What is it specifically about Gannon that does concern you? And just if you can just, you know, assess the Gannon thing moving forward this postseason. Yeah, I th- well, I, we started with the discussion as has the criticism been uh, unfair to him this year. And I, I agree with you guys. I think it has been way over the top. Um, not to say that there aren't things that you could point out and have some concerns. And the concerns that I had going into the postseason were – the structure of his defense is, I mean, his blitz ratio is the low 20s. I mean, it's not at the bottom, but it's sort of, be, it's sort of below the midpoint. I mean, he's, not, he's really not a guy that likes to blitz, which I kind of understand. But, uh, I mean, he has a really good front four that has been able to win the battle at the line of scrimmage pretty convincingly all season. So he's been getting a, a bulk of his sacks with what he wants, which is a four-man rush, occasionally a five if you throw Reddick in there. But... My concern was knowing philosophically he doesn't like to blitz. He doesn't like to bring the pressure. He doesn't like to expose the secondary and play man back there. If you get into the playoffs and you get up against a really good team that's better than some of the teams you beat in the regular season, you get up against a really good team that can protect and has a good scheme and is neutralizing your four, and now all of a sudden that quarterback standing in the pocket, patting the ball, and, pl- and routes are developing, and all of a sudden you start getting picked apart, is John and Ga- Jonathan Gannon willing at that point to depart from what he really wants to do and say, all right, boys, this ain't working. We've got really, we to start bringing the blitz. We've got to start turning up the heat. We've got to get after the quarterback. Is he going to be willing to do that in the real high-stakes game that matter? That remains to be seen. I don't know. I, I, I think we'll see a little bit of it this week. Uh, because, boy, I mean, if, you, if Gannon has that tape, and we know he has the tape of the Minnesota game, uh, I mean, he saw, he saw what Ed Donatell was, what kind of game Ed Donatell was calling defensively for the Vikings. Because Donatell and Gannon are philosophically very much aligned. I mean, they're both guys that are predominantly zone guys. They play the two safeties high. They don't like to blitz. And you saw what happened in that game. I mean, Daniel Jones had his way with with the Minnesota defense to the point where, I mean, he has moved it up and down the field, 300 yards passing, hardly missed a throw, never really got in any kind of real pressure in the pocket. Uh, and he just picked that team apart. And as a result, I think the likelihood is that Ed Donatell is probably going to be unemployed in a couple of weeks. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the, the head coach pretty much, he was asked that specific question and he sort of tap danced around it. Well, I'm evaluating everything. But I'd be very surprised if Ed Donatell is going to be back as defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Well, I mean, Gannon is very much out of the same school. And if we get the same kind of a game on Saturday and all of a sudden Daniel Jones, between his running and his, his ability to stay in the pocket, uh, if the Eagles aren't getting pressure with their front four, is Jonathan willing to yep. up the ante and bring yep. the pressure? We'll see. We'll see. We will indeed. Speaking of unemployed, two coordinators uh, unemployed in the last couple of hours during our show, Greg Roman resigns from the Ravens as the offensive coordinator. There was a one-year team option left on his deal. So my guess is maybe they were going to fire him, and, and he says, I'll just step aside. Um, and when I say fire, not renew, let's put it that way. And uh, Byron Leftwich, who, of course, you know, was an offense coordinator when the, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, he uh, is out as the offensive coordinator of the Bucks. They fired him. Let's talk to uh, – ba, ba, let's go to Chris in Northeast Philadelphia. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Chris. 
Hey, you, uh, I'm glad you guys came to me when you did, because my point that I've been holding on to since I've been on hold is, uh, you know, regarding Jonathan Gannon and the um, the, the irrational amount of hatred that he's getting this, that he's getting all year. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying the guy's a defensive savant or he's going to revolutionize football, but I mean, I'm confident that he's a pretty good defensive coordinator at, at, at least, like, but based on what he's done and um, uh, just g- going on that. Um, Look, this Saturday night, I don't care if if the Giants get the ball first and they have a 15-minute drive that takes up the entire first quarter and they score a touchdown on that opening drive. If they score 13 points, that's a game we should win. And if we don't, that's not on Gannon, and that's not on the defense at that point. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, you can't let a team control the clock. I mean, you can't let a team have 40 minutes time of possession. I mean, no, that's sometimes. Can. Well, some, yeah, sure you can. I mean, I mean, you got to have the ball to score. You got to have the ball to win, and that's the one. That that's the one. That's the one area where sometimes you have to be willing to take some chances. And that's and look, I think this. I hope that this is a smooth ride through the postseason, and I hope that the Eagles' defensive line continues to be dominant and they continue to get the pressure. And Gannon can play the style of football that he wants to play. But I'm telling you, it's it. I'm not, I don't know how hard it's going to be to do Saturday night, but if you get the 49ers in the championship game, I think he's going to have to make some adjustments. And my question is, is he going to be willing to do that? Chris, give me oh, – Chris, what do, you got, what do you got on the Phillies there, Chris? All right. So, my Phillies point, Joe, this one's uh, basically for you. I want you to uh, just listen to this. Remember I said it. Um, the, um, we're, we're going into next year with a team, you know, with Bryce Harper, with Trey Turner, with, with all these, like, top-level stars. I'm telling you right now, the biggest story on this team is going to be Bryson Stott and the step that he takes in this next season. Uh, I think he's going to hit 280 minimum, and you're going to have a lot of crow to eat, Joe, and I hope you're willing to do it. I'll, I'll gladly do it if that happens. I, I love and, eating crow when I'm wrong when I think a player's not, you know, that good. Chris, give me an and answer. You're gonna have Who, to do it, and you're going to have to do it on the morning show with, with a probably bigger audience. So have fun, buddy. That's, it is what it is, man. Who or what? <laughs> j- j- can I just say this, Chris? Just remember, and I, and I like Bryson Stott more than people think. Just remember, his batting average in six World Series game was zero. Like, they got to the World Series, and his batting average over six games was zero. Well, I don't have a rebuttal to that. Okay. No, he, no, the rebuttal is he he's walked a, rookie, a lot. He's a rookie. Yeah, but zero, but zero is really bad. The rebuttal is he walked a lot, and I think his on-base percentage was like, I think it was 222, which means he had a lot of walks. But he also had a batting average of zero. Chris, give me an answer, man. Who are what blast people? All right, this is before my time, but even I know, as well as you know, Joe, this is the, the real hammer in Philadelphia. I'm going with that ah. Schultz. You know, Dave Schultz might be the winning answer here today. It's a great I mean, answer. That, I'll just say this. There's no question he's going to be in the running in the finals at the end of this when we, when we narrow it down. Hey, uh, Ray, the Phillies just came up. and <laughs> Yeah, I know. He, cer- he certainly should be. <laughs> yes, Any, he- anybody that was around uh, that Flyers team in the 70s understands what Dave Schultz meant to that team. That's a very good answer. Unbelievable. So, Ray, um, first of all, let me say this. We, we announced as a radio station two days ago that you'll be, you know, with us, uh, you know, from time to time during the morning show mm-hmm. when, when John and I and the whole crew kind of take it over, and we're so looking forward to that. And, I'm, and looking forward, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks, Ray. Let me ask you this, because we were without regularity with you being on, you know, this is during the Phil's playoff run. You were, you were recliner Ray. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you have a recliner? What's your, what's your seat of choice back home? Uh, no recliner. It's, uh, it's the sofa. Recliner is kind of like. 
Richie, that's more like 30 years ago, right? I don't think. Is it really? I don't think the recliner sells as much these days. I uh, the ro- like the rocking chair. The rocking chair is more well, 50 years. I ago, I think right? rocking chair is is right. a little outdated. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but the recliner thing, I I thought people. I uh, I don't use a recliner myself. How many, how many friends' homes do you go into, friends or family, and you see a recliner? James, that's less than it used to be, right? Oh yeah, way less. Yeah, way less. Way less. Anyway, I, Anyway, Ray, on your seat of choice. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. When I, fir- when I first had my own home, yep. I got a recliner, but I think that's because I watched my dad in a recliner my whole yeah, childhood. Exactly. But now I've I've lost the recliner. That's my point. The re- recliners are dying out. That's, They're going the way of the dodo. I used to have a lazy boy at my first apartment, too. I loved it. It was all. I used to sleep in it. All it was right. great. So, yeah. Ray, Ray, when you in October were on the non-recliner, Yes. What were you thinking during that Phillies playoff run? Give me, give me a little Ray Diddy 2022 Phils playoffs. Oh, I, I loved it. Because you're right, Joe. I mean, I was watching it as a fan. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to. I, well, yeah, I did have the yellow notepad out. I was, I was going to say I did. Go. But, you know, I take my, I don't take them not quite in, in, as detailed as they are in football, but I do take my notes. I, I, I do take my notes in baseball. But I was just really watching it as a fan and just enjoying the heck out of it. Um, they were such a fun team to watch. Um, there was just so much enthusiasm on the team. Uh, and it's really funny. I think I may have even shared this with you guys um, during the, one of my visits with you. You know, but my son, who is a cameraman uh, uh, and shoots for NFL films, but he also, he also shoots the Phillies home games. Uh, and his camera very often is the, dugout, is the camera in the position right next to the home dugout. So he's, he's right there like one step from the Phillies dugout the whole time. And... Like one week after they had made the managerial change, when they had made the change from Girardi to Thompson, uh, my son and I were talking, and he said, Dad, I'm telling you, this team is going to turn it around. Wow. And they're going to go to the playoffs. And I said, oh, David, come on. I said, you know, they've won a couple games, but, I mean, really? And he said, I'm telling you, it is like a totally different team. That atmosphere in the dugout is totally different. He said, that, he said the guys are having fun. They're loose. He said, they're a good team. We know they got good players. They just weren't showing it. He said, I'm telling you, from this point on, wow. this team's going to make a run. And, you know, I, at the time, I kind of rolled my eyes and thought, well, he's a fan. That's what he wants to see. But it turned out he was right. I mean, they really did, they really did become a different kind of team. They really did go out and they started playing with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. Uh, and the whole city, the whole city jumped yeah. on board. And then, I mean, that red October thing, I mean, that was for real. And that was really fun. It was, you know, living downtown like I do. You know, I, I'm going out, and, and all of a sudden, everybody's wearing red. You know, caps, hoodies, jackets. I mean, that, that whole – to see this city become a baseball town again was really wonderful, and I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. Totally agree. Love it. Let's go to Anthony right now in Norristown. What's up, Anthony? What's up, guys? Hey, How are you doing, uh, Anthony, when you – let me just say, when John you call, when Joe. you call, I brace myself. Is, no. it, is it worse than your losses uh, in, in the hammer recently? <laughs> no, because when you call and re- recount things I've said wrong, at least they're in the in the past. The thing about beat the hammer is I know I might lose tomorrow and beat the hammer. So it's a different level of worry with beat the hammer right now. All right, I got you. I got you. Uh, I'm just I'm not probably going to be able to call a lot when you guys are doing the morning show. Congratulations for getting that. Uh, just because like midday is kind of the time I listen to most. So I wanted to get at least one last call in because <clears throat> I have a couple Joe doesn't knows. Oh, boy. 
Outstanding. Ray, just, just so you us. know, Ray, this gets rough oh, for me. All right, what up, doesn't Ray? Joe know that he mm-hmm. said before? Go ahead, Anthony. Hold on, I didn't say hi. What's up, Ray? How are you? Good, how are you? Um, great. I can't wait to hear what you have for Joe. Oh, All right, so let, let's, let's get right into this. So um, uh, my last list I got, uh, Joe said that he's a prodigy like Michael Jackson and Mozart. Well, as sports, <laughs> sports knowledge-wise, that's true. No, that's true. Keep in mind, he also said Michael Jackson wasn't a dancer, which I had already brought up before, but right. we'll move on. Right. He, he, as a person named uh, Joe, did not know what a Joey was, a baby kangaroo. Yeah. That, um, that, that is surprising. He had oh, no idea. Said, but remember, that's animal-based, and Joe, yeah. there, there's a real mental block. And to be that. clear, well, I didn't know it again when you just said it until that, you clarified that, what it is. So, okay, keep that, going. That's why I love those. And I tweeted uh, Joe and James a picture of a guinea pig, so you can study that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you said of meatloaf, you tried to say the lyrics, two out of three, and then just kind of trailed off. You couldn't get two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> ain't bad. I, I, no, that. I know that. No, no, no. I know that. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I got sure you. Um, you, you compared yourself to Maximus, who yep. led the Romans. That's a bit of a stretch well it was an entertainment um, it was are you not entertained you know sort of reference okay i'm with you keep going so we got you didn't know what a reservoir was yes yeah, that, uh, that, was that, that one, one. I, that one <laughs> was a really bad one i thought it was a quarry you you said fisticuff were slap the cuff what i don't remember that oh it happens okay um <laughs> you you thought romeo and juliet were real no, that's not true. <laughs> yes, that's it is. I wrote you thought it, it was a true story? That's what? Not, that's not true. That, no, that's absolutely guys, that's true. Not true at all. I believe you, Anthony. Not true. No, you, you, I, were, you were fine until no the end. There's no way I wouldn't have written this down. No, no, you misquoted me. You I trust. Me. I trust the list. I don't. All right, Anthony. I, do I don't. Too. I don't like your list. Who? Who or what okay. blast people? The way you blast me. Well, let me give you my bird score. Uh, I'm saying, birds thirty to twenty win. Yeah. And who blasts people? Yeah. George Carlin. Yeah, George sure. Carlin. Um, was that his style, John? I don't remember as much. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, he would talk about yeah. society, but would he blast people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. Oh, okay. yeah. All right, fair enough. I mean, uh, uh, George Carlin, George, there, there are actually two George Carlins. You know, I mean, there were two phases of his career. I mean, when he first came up, you know, he was a short-haired, very traditional stand-up comedian who was on Ed Sullivan all the time and just, and just did funny jokes. Later on, the long-haired rebel George Carlin yeah. became, became a really take-no-prisoners, nasty comedian on stage. Still very funny, but all of a sudden very political and very edgy. You know who I thought had a, a similar evolution but in a reverse way, Ray? I thought David Letterman was much, much harsher back in his NBC days. And by the time he got to CBS, he wasn't going. I mean, he, like Letterman back in the day would go after his own guests, right to their face. Oh, yeah. And then by the time he got to CBS, he kind of kind of softened up on that. Uh, although he did give Paris Hilton the, the, the business, remember, after the Paris Hilton sex tape? Yes. And by the way, if you did that now, I mean, John. The, <laughs> I don't remember this. Oh, my God. Yeah, because now you'd be like, you know. You'd be uh, making fun of a 20-year-old woman who, I don't know. Society would say something. Who the heck knows what society would say, but they'd find some reason to complain. Let's go to Amish. Amish, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Amish. I just wanted to see really quick. Uh, I've been calling you guys, or the station in general, for, I don't know, almost 15 years, and I never had the honor to actually call in and actually have Ray 
um, on when I'm on. And so, Ray, it's an honor. You're a legend in the city. And uh, this is like a great day for me. So thank you very much that I got this opportunity. Well, and uh, I'm so excited to be back. I, I appreciate that. That's very, very nice. I, I do appreciate your kind words. Thank you, sir. Um, guys, um, I want to know that what you think if the Eagles are going to take a very similar page out of what they did up at the Meadowlands and run for, what was it, almost 250 yards? 253. Yeah, so do you, do you think, in my opinion, that's the key to winning the game. Pound the ball, do what we do really well, you know, get physical up front. We, we can control the trenches because we're better on the O-line, we're better on the D-line, and is this stubborn offensive coordinator going to, you know, put together a plan to really put us in a position to succeed versus, you know, trying to play this outsmart you game? I absolutely think we'll run the ball a lot, and I think Jalen Hurts will run the ball a lot, and that is part of the plan to succeed. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders is certainly well rested, and he will have a. He had a great game the last time we played him. A hundred and what forty-four yards against the Giants. Plus yeah, I think, I, I think it was a career high. Yeah, uh, yes, it was Ray. Uh, yeah, that that absolutely plays into this. I Leonard Williams did not play in that game. Leonard Williams is a really good D lineman. We're going to have to have uh, a plan for him along with Dexter Lawrence, who's really stout as, as the nose tackle. It won't be as easy as it was the first on, in week 14, but uh, I, I expect us to do what we do because our offensive line is so much better moving forward pushing people around, and that will be you – know, we'll lean into our strength. Hey, uh, Amish, give me an answer here, man. Who are what blast people? Um, I don't think it was said, but, uh, you know, those keyboard warriors that live on Twitter, Twitter, yeah. people that you – a good Twitter. answer. Social media people. It's that a, is a great answer. It's a really good like answer. a really good answer. Yeah. No, it is. It's sad, but it's, it's very true. Uh, Ray, are you on – I assume you're not, but let me ask you, are you on with Angelo tomorrow morning? Uh, I not at the moment. All right. So I think, James, we have, for the first time in the history of our show, oh, the opportunity wow. to get Ray's prediction for an Eagles game. Because, John, you'll remember the deal when we would talk to Ray on Wednesdays in the past. It was yeah. always, always going to be on, the, on with Angelo on yes. Thursday or Friday. He'd give us official prediction then. Ray Diddy, sir, this is an honor for us. <laughs> to, and James wanted to get the drum roll ready back there. Because, uh, Ray, let's get your prediction on the record. The Eagles, the Giants. The divisional round Saturday night, Lincoln Financial Field. Ray, did it, you, sir? Your pick. Uh, I I like the Eagles. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Um, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be comfortable for uh, for long stretches. But I think I think the Eagles win in advance, and I'll say twenty-eight to twenty. We couldn't hear you there, Ray. Twenty-eight to. We, oh, we... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I I'm, no. I said twenty-eight to twenty. All right, 28 to 20. Uh, I don't know why we are. Our, our audio zipped out for a second. 28 to 20. Well, we'll take that, John. That's a, sure. that's a slight cover, and that's a victory on the NFC Championship game. Feel good about that. Ray, enjoy the game on, on Saturday. And, and, Ray, talk to us here. James says uh, you got something else here to talk about. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just want to let folks know that uh, I will be uh, reuniting with my old partner, Glenn Macnow, tonight at his uh, one of his Conshohocken Brewing Companies, the one up in Bridgeport, the one that's known as Pud- uh, Puddler's uh, Kitchen and Tap. Uh, I will be up there tonight. We're going to have kind of a, 
I guess it's kind of going to be an Eagles pep rally. The pep band is going to be there. Uh, we're going to do some Eagles trivia. We're going to do a, an audience Q&A with the folks, get everybody ready for the game, and I'll be up there. I will also have a few of my uh, copies of my book to sell if anybody's interested. So that will be 7 o'clock tonight at Puddler's Tap and Kitchen in Bridgeport. Wonderful, wonderful, Ray. Thanks for, uh, for doing this today. We look forward to talking to you next week and throughout the playoffs. Thank you, Ray. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Ray. All right, Joe to Cameron, John Rich. Up ahead, time's yours. More calls as well on 94 WIP. Hey, Eagles fans, my friends at Miller Lite want to get you ready for the road to Phoenix. Miller Lite is offering Eagles fans 21 years or older a complimentary beer at participating bars all across the Philly area. This Friday night, fans will also have a chance to win tickets to the first Eagles playoff game this weekend. Look for the registration cards at your participating bar and scan the QR code for your chance to win. For participating accounts and info, go to MillerLite.com slash FlyEaglesFly. That's MillerLite.com slash Fly Eagles Fly. Tastes like Miller time, Philly. Celebrate responsibly.